Good morning. This is a daily breath, a daily Lenten 15th. And let us begin with a prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, how can we thank you enough for the last Adam, Jesus Christ, who came to undo every mistake and damage of sin introduced by first Adam. Though you could save us in so many ways, you chose and sent your only Son into human flesh and saved us through your ever-gracious and humble love. It is too deep and too high for us to fathom. But we want to know the mystery and majesty of your redemptive suffering love more than any in this world, and especially during the Lent. Open the eyes of our heart and ears of our souls now to see and hear how marvelously and wondrously you saved us and loved us. In the most humbling name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Yesterday, Daniel Clark showed us the picture of God's grace in the table of a dichotomy between old Adam and our new Adam, Jesus Christ. Chapter 5 of the book of Romans is a great exposition of Paul's twin theological motives, grace and peace. As you know, Apostle Paul always grace in his letter with a grace and peace. Grace and peace are inseparable. Grace always creates peace, and peace or shalom always comes from grace and is sacrificial love. Today, in the first half of Romans chapter 6, Paul continues to expound the God's gift of grace for our new life. So let's read Romans chapter 6, verse 1 to 14. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like, the, like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him, for we know since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has a mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but to alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of a wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life.
and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of a righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under sin, under the law, but under grace. Paul starts today's passage with a question, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? This question was raised because of Paul's earlier statement in Romans 5.20 where he said, Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. The apostle needs to clarify his statement and correct a major potential misunderstanding. That is, grace has an opportunity to show itself when people sin. Thus, continuing to sin is a kind of a to do great to do grace a favor. This kind of a weird logic, unfortunately, has been preached and actually practiced before in history by heretics and cult. For instance, Rasputin, another troublemaker in Russia before Putin, was self-claimed a mystic and healer. He cajoled and gained the trust of a Romanov family and led them to their demise later and the rise of communism, unfortunately. In order to justify this sinful life and the evil behaviors, Rasputin taught that salvation came through repeated experiences of a sin and repentance. He argued that because those who sin more require more forgiveness, those who sin without hesitation, therefore, will experience a greater joy as they repent. To such a misreading, Paul emphatically answered, by no means today. The Living Bible translation actually says, of course not. And like what King James says, it says, God forbid, grace can never be a license to sin. Such a theology is not weird, but a wrong and wicked. Grace is a lethal to sin. Grace is a lethal to sin. In today's passage, Paul gives a new and deeper meaning of a being in Christ and receiving a saving grace. That is, we are dead to sin and alive to God. We are dead to sin and alive to God. Here we see that God's grace not only rescues us from sin, but also reigns in us, reigns in us. Here we see justification and sanctification in the perfect harmony. As a Christ's justification saves us from penalty of a sin, which is a death and separation from God, His sanctifying grace saves us from the power of sin with the power of His righteousness. As I said before, justification and sanctification are inseparable. They are two sides of the same coin called the grace of God. Sometimes Christians emphasize one without the other. For instance, typical Lutherans are known for justification by faith alone, but not for the sanctification. While some Methodists are known for sanctification, but not for emphasizing justification by faith alone. Today, Paul brings the justifying grace and sanctifying grace in a perfect harmony. For that, 
the Apostle Paul uses a common foundational Christian practice to explain what it means to receive grace of God in Christ. That common foundational Christian practice is baptism. Look at the verse 3 and 4. Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the death through the glory of a Father, we too may live a new life. The foremost biblical meaning of a baptism is a union with Christ. Union with Christ. Especially, we are united with His death and His resurrection. By the way, some Christians, like Emperor Constantine, misunderstood baptism uh, as a washing. He thought the baptism meant the washing uh, of a sin or one sin. That's why uh, Emperor Constantine postponed his baptism until the last day of his life because he wanted to make sure that all of his sins are washed right before he met God. We need to remember, nothing can wash our sin except the blood of the Lamb. To illustrate our union with Christ in baptism or through baptism, New Testament Christians and John the Baptist practiced immersion or dunking into the water as a missionary you know Jefferson you know said a few weeks ago baptism came from the greek word baptizo which would mean simply immersing or dipping several times paul said we are baptized into the death of christ and we are dead in sin what does it mean that we are dead in sin are we all still alive even after baptism Paul explains in verse 6 and 7, For we know that our old self, our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away and that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Our old self died in Christ. It means that we are no longer helpless captives of sin or captivated by sin. We have a new power against the sin. That is a Christ reigning in us. Christ reigning in me. Christ is alive and active as a Lord and King in my life. Let me here tell you a simple, simple, simple definition of a justification and sanctification today. Justification means that I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ, my Savior. And sanctification means Christ is in me as the Lord. So it's a mutual dwelling. I'm in Christ and Christ in me. That's what it means to be justified and sanctified. There is an old Puritan saying, when we become children of God, God does not take away our ability to sin. But God gives us the power not to sin. Let me repeat that. When we become a children of God, God does not take away our ability to sin, but rather He gives us power not to sin. What is power not to sin? Stuart Briscoe, a well-known British-American pastor, 
Uh, he's actually father of, uh, uh, some of you know, Pete Briscoe, the former pastor of a Bantry Church in Carrollton, uh, once said this. He said, in Christ, we are given an off switch to sin. In Christ, we are given an off switch to sin. You know, I like that analogy since, you know, I use a switch a lot throughout the day. Each time, you know, we all use the switches, right? Each time when you use a switch today, say silently, I'm turning off the sin and my old self and I'm turning on new life and Christ reign in me. Sin does not have a mastery over me because Christ died for my sin and release is a power of a resurrection, life of God in me. He is my master, not my sin anymore. In Christ, we have this miracle of overcoming sin. Once again, let me illustrate this. This is an amazing miracle and the mystery and the blessing of God. When Neil Armstrong landed on the moon from Apollo 11 on July 20th, 1969, he made a famous statement after first step on the moon. He said, this is a one small step for man, but one giant leap for mankind. Armstrong entered in uh, an environment in which it was impossible for him or any human to survive apart from his space suit and his protection. Likewise, we can overcome sin in this harmful environment only with Christ and His grace. So today, brothers and sisters, when temptations of sin knocks on us, let us turn on the switch of God's grace and let us yield everything in our body and life to the reigning Christ. Let us remember that for sin shall no longer be our master because we are not under the law, but under grace of Christ. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you once again for giving us your only Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. His death and resurrection is our death to sin and our new life in the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for not only rescuing us from sin, but also reigning in us for Father's glory. It is truly our joy and honor for us to live in you, and to die is our gain. Help us to turn off the switch of the flesh and sin today, and turn on the switch of faith and grace throughout the day. In the most holy, precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.